Like a birthmark, God forgot, the imaginary shape of the state of Wisconsin enlarges, rushing at you as if you're falling from space. But right before you hit the ground of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, you pause, a caesura, a momentary halt, suspended in air, staring down at the dandelions. The grouping, the bunch, the yellow and black and bed of green, Then the stalk seeps to the soil and you follow through the brown bit, the phosphorus and well-drained dirt that deeps at least one feet. And then the camel enamel of nutrients and minerals sitting two feet below impact. For at its foot the steel starts, a perfect box, a shipping container, A steel room alone, like you see on semi-trucks in the slow lane, submerged three feet underground, unannounced, and holding Lucia Maria Alvarez calmly. Her eyes open in 1993 to Scooby-Doo, interrupted with some talking head talking Kuwait and waits and this just coming ins. Our little Maria Alvarez Lucia can last recall her action Jackson having a plan to stop the big man when that sanguine piss mist started falling and Lucia can't remember much less than this coughing and soul nakedness. To her, the room is filled with everyone that wasn't killed and everyone lies still with that slack blanket of red dust which was thought rust but was just that from the cracks in the metal shipping container. And action Jackson He is still silent and distant when Lucia, stretched listlessly on the floor, looks at her hand, noticing her ring finger when she hears Madame Papier calling under such a furrowed brow. Lucia, dear, what do you think conjured this misfortune, miss? For you have been dried cotton in a dead ditch gulch when, and this is the question, the question of the dominion of our Mr. N. P. H. E. W. How dare you? When all that he has done to you, us, you must. If it were done, then be done quickly, and you, though, Miss Missy, have you ever been so sickly, really, and for that, You must pack away such fears where you do not soar so with your mentor. No? Well then, miss, no one, what do you have to say for yourself? Madame Papier, please let me say I don't know what just happened. I'm as scared as you. And I was screaming red, black, and blue, and you can see where that got us. I mean, how do we even clean this up? Mr. Ed, he's gonna- shut that slush down now. You hear me, little white cow? Lucia wipes the non-rust dust from her face and leaves it lilting on the counter. Yes. 
We do indeed seem to have a situation, so let's make the most it's graceful application to our host and savior, Mr. Ann, for pleasing him is past helping, and that breathing he will not be pleased to see us such dressed in muck, disgraceful, dirty, dirty girl. It's not my fault. Now I got to think. It's not my fault. You should, or I'm gonna string you up myself. Now I got to think. Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds, 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 tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds indeed. Crickets, crickets too. Now here's what we're going to end at. When Mr. Ann comes in, now should we get action in on this? Where is Mr. Jackson at the moment? Oh, I can't seem to find him. Well, not the bother. But we have other matters at hand. But I'm sure when he surfaces, he'll have plenty simmering on his brain to keep us on our toes, too. Yes, he's the best. Indeed. Indeed. Now, my little peach pie, it is time we started doing some cleaning. But where does it all go? If there were any other place, we would be there already, you cavity waiting to happen. Why can't I just fess up to nothing? We didn't do nothing, so there's nothing to say about this happening. Who, this girl? You know truth is a color. That is why the devil is a flavor. For you may not savor unless you taste that which is wrong. Gosh be Jeebus, Lucia. If you could just hear yourself so quaint and so why the South died. I don't know what you're talking about, but I know we could put the red dust down in that big black bag, the bag for Mr. N's clothes. Most adept, you young whelp. How dare you think so deeply daunting, my darling. And that reeks of brilliance ad infinitum. Now you go get that broom and pan for dust and I will be on watch most dutifully, my dear. Lucia looks at the broom, then brushes more red dust from her shoulders. Now I have to say, Lucia, I'd be nothing without you, dear. I live to serve. Right? That's what I should say here. I live to serve. It's around about one most adequate approximation. All the Indians are dead. So are the white man. All that is left is dog, Stan and the shack snoozing by the well. There were clouds the night through, blanketing in warmth before sunup, which kept them soundlessly z-catching undisturbed. There's a mild humidity, but eventually they will warm and wake when the birds call and peck in search of forgotten feed on the farm's floor. For all presently considered, dirt seems to be a better bed when all you know is dead. So let's let them snooze. In Dog's dream, there's a huge, fluffy, gray rabbit, bigger than him, hopping sluggishly away down the field, but the alfalfa is now strawberries, which comes to an end when they reach a den, a hole into nowhere, and the huge, fluffy, gray rabbit lies down and dies in that den, filled with hundreds more huge, fluffy, gray rabbits. In Stanislaw's dream, it is winter, and everything is green and black like the pixels of a Game Boy screen. 
and the Polish slipstream wind screams a blistering cold negative 15 Celsius with chunks of slush from the sky, and there stands a seven-year-old Janeki with a lumber-splitting maul before him like a crucifixion, and two cord of firewood to be chopped forever, blisters on blisters, and arms so sore they'll fall off, or his whole family will burn to death through the agony of freezing. In Leshek's dream, the cows aren't mooing, but cooing a low tone that, when it hits the sun, seems to blue and reverberate into infinity. Marina, his mother, is now a little girl in a blue dress with white lace on her collar, carrying a pewter milk pail, walking to their Holsteins. When that shimmering moose coo cools to a purr at her, when she turns the fence's corner, Marina discovers in a bed of hay a mother feeding her litter of kittens, all made of gold. When she picks each up, they crawl inside her little heart and sleep there, inside her, Marina, his mother, forever. But this sunup on the farm, all that's gone, and there's no one to whisper about the looming gate of that man with gout a couple miles down the road lurching along toward our Skolnovich Trinity with his badge, six-shooter, and no good demeanor. Or maybe, just maybe, this is that rust that gets cleaned from these boys' broken wings. Maybe they fly now, is that trite? But could they? Without hindrance, without guidance, without malevolence, could they be more than the Raskolnovich brothers? Dog farts and Stan chuckles at the vibration. Leshek just wants to swim in the pond and not have to be himself anymore. But he has to. Still, he has to. He kneels at the well and puts his palms together. Let Stan not think about it for a while, I mutters to a god that's deaf ears. Gotta be strong for him, Marina said. Miss you, Babushka. I miss you mightily hard. Does it ever get better? God, I hope they have candy up there where you're at now. Peppermints and licorice. That's what you deserve, Marina. Oh, and Mama, Janeki's dead, finally. I hope you think that's okay. I kinda didn't have any options. But he's in hell now, drinking fire pee. So you just don't got story about hims anymore. <laughs> Fuck that fucks. I'm happy about it, but I'm sad too, cause I don't know what to do about Stan. His face is so fucked up. He looks like a nightmare. But I gots to make him believe, right? Believe in hope, no. Janeki said, after you's been long gone, that hope is a four-letter word. I mean, it is, too, but, you know, counting it doesn't make something right, nor make it better. <sighs> Stan awakes, and Dog farts again. Hey, Oz. You was, uh, Lashak? I'm a thinking. A bough of the tree breaks for no known discernible reason. 
and a nest with four eggs is upon that bough, and that crashes into the dirt floor beside the boys. Fuck's a duck's dad? Oh, some old man playing tricks on us. For those reasons. For those. It's that moment where the sun is just above the ridge of eye level, between the folds of day and night, between the crease of morning and light, and there's a single solitary cow standing alone in a field. Its head explodes, and its body falls limp and lifeless to the ground. With no skull nor brain to be found, spurting blood from its spinal column. Do you want the grand prize? And the bells and whistles ring like a dream. Do you want the grand prize? Lucietta, lady, you wake. Do you want the grand prize? I don't want to scare you, but you know a lot, no? Lucia makes no sound, for she's used to it, but she expels her fear in a manner her body appreciates. It's okay, Lucia. No one's coming for four hours, so it's you and me now. Here, I feel you should drink some water. Do you agree? Oh, you're talking now. That's never happened before. It's okay, little one. You are not alone. I truly am here. sadness now. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just met you and you're weird and your mouth is funny. Fine. I understand. However, your mother, Lucia, is alive despite the tiger eyes. Why would I try you, Lucia? You're a good girl. However, little one, Mama and all Black Falls thinks you're dead. It's not your fault, but they, they think you're dead all the same. But you're not dead, are you? No. You're a good girl. Maybe the best girl. It's up to you now, Lucia, to do the rest. And you can do it. Can you? Devil. The boys stare at four eggs, broken, bleeding yolk on the dry dirt floor behind the Rascalna Peach family cabin. Dog runs up and licks the yellow, and the brothers are jaw dropped. Where's the fucks you think them's coming from, brother? Another bow breaks and crashes behind them. I don't know, nothing. I just don't want to get hurt. Any more than you is. Gosh, I hate this shit, Stan. I just don't want to get hurt. Twice. But suck a buck, Lashak, this tree just fell. So you're seeing this too? I am. Oh, I am. Very much so. Let's get the fuck back inside before something else happens and we don't even begin to know. Just then, the sonic scorch is heard first. From whence it came, the boys see a giant moth with wings of fire 
flapping. It's the tiger eyes and it glides by, cutting through the sky like a hot knife through butter. The boys don't know it yet, but they feel it. In their guts, they can feel it. They can also feel the heat from the wings of the tiger's eyes, flaring, flapping, raining waves of radiation down from its bird's view. Dog feels it, the shimmering heat, and runs after that flaming force in the air, cutting through Wisconsin winter clouds pregnant with powder, ceaselessly searching with its wings of torch and tiger eyes searing in their stare. Dog! Dog! You come back! Dog, you hear that? You see that? I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what the fuck that is. What if dog dies? I hey, mean, you're a better friend to him than me, but if he wants to tangle with that, he's, Shaq, he's gonna die if we don't. In his last bone. What the fuck's going on? God, that thing's from hell's. There's a sudden succession of blasts on the front door's frame, a pounding that jumps the cabin and the boy's sense of self. What the fuck is Wait, that? Who the fuck's that? Do you think they saw that what big the flying fire monster? I, would, I don't know. I... Damn it. Shek puts a finger to his lips and motions for his brother to follow him, and Stan does, silently obedient. The boys tiptoe along the southeast corner of the cabin to grab a gander rapid fast just enough around the corner to witness a grimace of a man in a hat with a monocle, and by his side a surly son of a bitch with some horse, a six-shooter, and a no-good demeanor. They seem unperturbed and oblivious to the giant moth aflame that just flew by overhead, now in the distance heading toward the falls. The boys watch the men a moment longer as the tiger eyes fly away. Again, the dirt falls, it's rust red. Mr. N, Lucia thinks, it's Mr. N at the door, pounding. But it's nothing more than the grumblings of an earth mover moving the ground to make way for the future of the world wide web fueled by fiber optic cable. They'll stop digging roughly two feet above the container that holds Lucia, Madame Papier, Action Jackson and his men, and her abuela, as well as other friends we've yet to meet, her friends that are too shy to show up. And they're all breathless, all, as they wait and hope that maybe in moments they'll be rescued. But Black River Falls Municipal Utilities only needs to dig deep enough so that the PVC pipe they are installing is fully covered with one foot of soil. It's a quick job, even at union wages, and this crew will be in and out, even have the sod retrod with barely a sign that anyone at all besides Mr. N was ever mere feet away from the first contact Lucia may have had in a decade. Black Falls Legacy is a Korea production. Written and performed by Jeremy Catterton. Music and audio production by Nicole Tollefson. Black Falls Legacy is produced in association with Elliot Eustace, Emily Maupin, Jeremy Maupin, and Brian McDonough. Thank you for your support. And if you enjoy your time with us, please leave a review of our work on iTunes and subscribe to never miss an episode. And also, you may want to consider visiting our Patreon page for the opportunity to become a monthly supporter and receive exclusive episodes, unique content, and other goodies to be had.